Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring, and motivating life changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion, and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to the Prosperity Project. Hi there, welcome back to episode six of the Prosperity Project. Okay, so cutting to the chase, today we are talking about money. The one topic that I have found triggers people the most in life outside of anything to do with politics or anything to do with your education. So money, Matt, how do you feel about money when I say the word? Nowadays, actually, I feel quite good about money, (laughs) mainly because I don't... You've got a smile on your face, haven't you? I don't get involved at all. Maybe we should explain the dynamic. So if you don't know our past, well, let me explain. Um, so I obviously have a YouTube channel that's about money. It's called Mama Furfur. I talk about personal finance, investing and success and mindsets to do with money. But how that journey came about was actually um, you had nearly £24,000 worth of consumer debt, didn't you, Matt? When we got together. So that was loans, credit cards, doesn't matter. But that was the amount that you came with. Um, you came <laughs> you came like a with a little bag and that was your money as well. But I had never experienced debt in any way before. I'd always pretty much lived paycheck to paycheck. So had some savings um, and everything was allocated. And money on credit for me was something that I grew up with, never seeing my parents in the habit of. They must have had credit cards, but I never witnessed like the act of spending on credit cards or building that mindset. So when we got together, one of our goals to improve our life was to pay off that day it was a real focus and what we ended up doing was really tackling it together now as a result of that money consciousness that we developed those couple of years ago things have definitely changed haven't they overall and generally you let me manage the money would you say (laughs) i still don't have the greatest relationship with money i think we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later as to to how my relationship has been okay my my favorite thing to do now is to basically step away from it entirely, be somewhat involved in discussions, but ultimately I don't manage it. <laughs> I don't allocate it. I spend on things until I get a little bit of grief. Um, and then I know. Or you get a look or two, and then you know, and then I know you've hit the budget limit. Exactly. So today's episode, we are going to talk about the three money skills you need to know and really develop over the course of your money lifestyle to really allow you to succeed. So let's go back then one step. When we think about money, I know when I mention money to anyone, and also on my YouTube channel or any of my content, money triggers people. Okay. So we all have this natural reaction because it's very emotionally driven. Now, whether it is that you actually play out your emotions with your spending, your saving, investing habits? Do you compulsively spend when you feel good or you want to feel better? Or do you end up doing the opposite and you don't spend because that makes you feel better by not spending anything? There's a whole wealth of emotions and mindsets to do with money and why it's so key to develop healthy habits and healthy money skills so that you can build up that prosperity with your money. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about those three money skills as I've said and we're going to kick off with good old spending habits. So spending is definitely something (laughs) I can talk about. I like spending but 
I think that, as you said, it can cause different trigger points for different mm. people. For some people, they really don't want to spend. It's actually their bank account balance mm. raising. It drives the, it a drives lot of decisions. Also, potentially aiming for clearing off a mortgage, early retirement. But the challenge with that can be that you're not living the life that you have now. Mm. You're not having the existence that you'd really like to have. Mm. And you're putting a lot of sacrifice and the challenge with that is if you're not living the life when potentially you're in your prime yep. and you're waiting for this other day. Angle to happen, something event to happen. Yeah, and you're, you're waiting for this day when you, you're almost free from yeah, the <laughs> saving and then you can do something. Well, for some people, unfortunately, that day might never come. They might not make it there. For other people, it might happen at an age where they can no longer have the life experiences that mm. they want. So on the one hand, spending, having debt and um, having unhealthy habits and relationships with money isn't where you want to be. Mm. But it's it, a, can, it's it definitely, can be unhealthy the well, other way too. Exactly. And money is one of the, the key things in life. You have to manage that and your time. And then we'll touch upon health, no doubt, on a future episode. But there's lots of different mindsets and habits with money that people generally pick up through their growing up period. How you see your parents manage money or the people close to you is then how you tend to model money as well. Or the opposite, you see how badly someone mod used their money. So you go the opposite extreme and I think what I find when I talk to people about money it's either really in deeply in filmed with them of maybe lack mindset so money is this external representation of value essentially so throughout the ages there's been some form of transactional exchanges between people you have something that I want I can't do that with my skill set so I'm going to exchange something for it to get it so in the Roman days it was all about salt you know you're worth your weight in salt if you've heard that phrase, that came from the Roman Empire, where effectively a man such as yourself, Matthew, you would be an equivalent of a salt because salt was very sought after. And then today, as we've obviously grown up in society, it's then become gold, different commodities and, you know, coins, just random metals. But we assign a value to that. That particular 20p piece is not actually 20p worth of silver. It's just because the government has told us it's 20 pence. And nowadays, actually, most of your money's in a digital format exactly. it's not real you it's can't card, touch it right? and it just sits there in some kind of algorithm <laughs> exactly and your spending patterns or if you looked at your bank statement right you can actually see within your spending the effect of money leaks that are pulling you down as well so that's what I like to do is the first thing when people actually come to me for any kind of coaching or they want to move forward in a different direction is you've got to look back at how you're spending your money currently or you have in the past three six months where are and there's a fantastic quote about it's a little leak that sinks the ship it's the equivalent of that you know you're finding those little leaks of money to then patch them up so that then you can keep going in the right direction and there's obviously we talked about different mindsets that the lack mindset I think is quite common in Britain where it's almost seen as as little as you can spend should be a badge of honour sometimes so rather than quality or what you actually want to use it's how little can I get away with haggling or spending to feel good about myself so really we've also got the lifestyle choices of keeping up with the Joneses perhaps in your spending where you're over 
spending, you've got this set wage, but yet you want to be something bigger than what it suggests. So you're over committing all your money, money that you don't even have in order to keep up with others. I think we mentioned it on a previous podcast. You find that it's things like cars where people want to try to keep up with their peers, people at work, people that they know. And the challenge you have is there's an awful lot of people that will be spending a lot of money each month on a car. That mm, especially right now during lockdown. Especially not getting now when they can't even drive the thing. <laughs> but it's people with vehicles or with hobbies or with lifestyle things that actually cost an awful big percentage absolutely. of their income. Absolutely, it could be like 25% of some people's income, crazy amounts. And absolutely, everyone's priorities are different and mm. everyone's entitled to spend their money as they like. But you've got to look at where the value is mm. on what you're buying and whether you're actually getting true satisfaction from it or whether it's just to almost tick a box and have a presentation of the person and the life you have which isn't necessarily accurate mm. ultimately if you're living paycheck to paycheck if you get to the end of each month and mm. you've got to be careful about your timing of going to the supermarket yeah, it doesn't make a, a difference if you're driving a seventy thousand pound car <laughs> because that seventy thousand pound car you don't own it's not yours and potentially at any minute if you lost your job you've got no way of continuing in those payments yeah. so i think one of the most unhealthy habits with spending is trying to do things for appearance sake mm -hmm. and for trying to keep up with other people and trying to present a version of yourself that isn't necessarily accurate and also kind of being someone you're not just to fit in in society like it's very much be your own person and then that brings into when you're looking at your spending things like subscriptions it's such a like the first thing a lot of people do when they look at wanting to balance their books better money just seems to be overflowing everywhere and it's going different places you go and you deep dive and you say oh wait a minute I've actually been paying for you know cable tv or expensive internet things that you have signed up for on a whim or you felt that they could be good but actually now that you're six months or a year down the line you've not enjoyed the experience of having them they're more burdensome than they are money i would reckon that of the people that happen to find their books don't balance the best but should balance because their incomes are quite decent mm. i bet you the biggest things they have are a car payment, mm. a television subscription package that includes sports and or movies. Yep. Also potentially a few things like Netflix. Mm. Also probably a fairly healthy takeaway habit. Maybe, yep. And I think that those are the key things that just absorb an awful just, lot of money. Yeah, easy to forget. And they're easy to forget. And through. also the other one I was going to mention actually is probably a mobile phone bill yep. that is somewhere around £50 a month. For the handset as well. Because the latest handset was wanted. And nowadays, whereas years gone by, you could get a very good handset for a much cheaper price. Now it's much more money. So I reckon that the phone bill will be at least £50 per person, something like that. So yeah. all of these things, you compound them together, car payment of 400 mobile phone, TV and everything else, yeah. you're probably talking about six, £700. On the average person, yeah. And you've not even... leaks quite you, easily. It's, and, and those are all things which are very easy to remove, reduce and change. But the thing is, you're spending that kind of money and you've not even put the roof over your head yet. I don't, the priorities. And I think the other thing is, 
the flip side of that, those things are great to spend on if you get true joy and they really do add value. But are you actually distracting yourself from normal life as well? So often when people do have a lot of these additional add-ons, some of the cases are absolutely justified, they get a lot of joy. But have you got extra things like the latest gadget because it makes you feel better? So using money, not necessarily to better your life, but just to make yourself feel better for those moments. And I think one of the most common mindsets with money, spending in a way, is this, it's okay because I can make it up tomorrow. So when we're thinking about car payments or expensive things that are on our daily or monthly bills, is it just because you believe that money's coming down the line? So in some way you're willing to sacrifice right now because you'll eventually get there. You're almost borrowing from tomorrow in order to make sure that you feel okay right now. The flip side to that, obviously, if you do want these things, if you can afford these things, and if finances don't become a stress point for you, and you're quite comfortable, then absolutely have all the things you like, do all the things you like, and if they bring you joy, mm. then you should do that. If you want to drive an expensive car because you can comfortably afford it, and you're not living paycheck to paycheck, then go for it, and then mm. sit and watch your sports and do things on your, your new phone. That's all wonderful stuff. But I think that if it's causing pain points, mm. if it gets to a point where you're at the end of the month and you really have very little left in your bank account. They say there's too much month left for your paycheck. There's too much month left at the end of your money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know, and the thing is, of course, when you look at spending, why it's such a critical habit for success, it's sometimes being detached from it and saying, how much of my money, my paycheck, is actually self-centred? How much is it devoted to just making me feel better or for me in particular? And it works two ways. That can be a good thing because you're looking after yourself or it can work in the opposite way. How much of your money is used to prop you up? And really trying to take that step back and say, I need to look at this from a third-party viewpoint and this habit is either going to pull me down or it's going to raise me up it's going to lift me higher so definitely spending and how you're spending your money is one of the fundamental keystones to do with managing your money and your success of it moving forward so you've done a lot about money on your channel yeah and you've read an awful lot of books so are there any books that you'd recommend reading around this um there's tons actually so one of my favorite ones i mentioned it in a podcast episode i think a couple of weeks ago is i will teach you to be rich by ramath sethi it's a complete overview of of working out what is your spending habits and then we'll get on to saving and investing later on in a couple of minutes but looking at that and actually being accountable for where you're sending your money and where you'd like it to go those money leaks that I talked about those really obvious places that money is slipping through your fingers that you might not realize and the average that somebody kind of suggested was in the average spending patterns people can save between a hundred pounds even up to seven eight hundred pounds with one evening's work of actually looking at your patterns so huge amount of money potentially that you're not missing that's actually going out without you realizing another great book is called the prosperous heart by julia cameron it's actually a she's a writer of creative habits for people with writer's block but essentially that course is a 12-week course in book format that talks about analyzing the deep-rooted mindset habits you have and how you view money so a fantastic book and then finally one new book is all to do with money habits and the bigger picture is called Reset by Dave Sawyer. So that's really the fuller picture of saving and investing that we'll touch upon and using your money to create a lifestyle. So Matt, tell me about how you used to feel about money and how that's changed right now. You touched upon it, but dive a little deeper for us. So my relationship with money has always been pretty bad. 
<laughs> now you say that it can't always have been bad because you're in the corporate world. It's always been bad. Just because you know better doesn't mm. mean that you do better. So growing up with very little in the way of money and treats mm. in the household, um, that meant that I had this lack mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And it meant that when I was old enough to start earning, that I would want things that I never had, that I saw other people with. Yeah. So it started off with entertainment type things, videotapes, VHS. For, for the For the younger people, it <laughs> was a tape. Surely not Betamax. <laughs> no, it wasn't Betamax, but you, you definitely had to rewind and fast forward <laughs> to get the bit of the movie you wanted. Um, and then I moved on to DVDs. And, and clothes as well. And all these things were bought via some kind of credit system for the mm -hmm, most part. Mm -hmm. And also, my relationship with money was that when I got it, I felt like I needed to spend it. Mm. Um, I don't, I can't really put my finger on the reason why, but it was almost, I guess, it felt like in a way that if I didn't spend it, it wouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. And also there was a lot of the excitement of, I've got this, I can spend it, yeah, so yeah. I should go out and do so. So since starting to earn at around 16, yeah. I generally had some kind of credit in place. Wow. And I got my first credit card at 18 wow. and... For probably five or six years, it was pretty much living at its limit the whole time. I <laughs> it was living on a knife edge. <laughs> well, I would pay the bill and then that's more money that I can spend. Yeah, okay. So it was a very unhealthy relationship. And I remember um, the worst time I had with money was I went into a supermarket to buy a weekly shop right. um, when I was away from my parents and, and a bit older. And my card got declined. Wow, okay. And... All my credit cards were maxed out. Ouch. Okay. So I paid with a check on my credit card, which I don't think is, don't I'm not sure whether that's legal or not, <laughs> but that was way back anyway. Um, there was a check guarantee on it, so it would definitely Aye. go through, but obviously that would be You'd overspending, be there'd be penalties whatever, yeah. and all kinds. But at that point, there was significant debt in place Wow. and couldn't even afford to buy this small trolley of food but my behaviors didn't really change after mm. that and I think that as we've come forward to where we are mm -hmm. ultimately because you have had a different history of money mm -hmm. and a different view on it um, not necessarily the same view as you have now no. um, mm. but I think that aiming to clear the debt mm -hmm. not clear it and rebuild it clear it and rebuild yep, exactly, it yep. which is again something else I've done in the past <laughs> I think all of that has meant that my relationship with money, there was a long period of time where I was scared to even look at the bank account mm. and go into it and see the balance. Yep. Because the time when I went into the supermarket and it didn't work, I'm not sure how much the uh, the approved overdraft was, but it was something like £7,000 wow, okay. overdraft on there. And the bank just finally said no. Wow. And I didn't realize that the bank account was that bad. Mm. I had no idea it was that horrible just because it's something I didn't really look at. Yeah. So yeah. I had the fear for a long time of taking a look at a bank account. Mm, I remember, yeah. Um, and You're getting I, better now, I right? think that's past now. Mm -hmm. But actually what I find is I'm much better almost being treated like a child oh, in some ways. That, yeah. a, a little bit. <laughs> and just being told, here's your money to spend. I mean, it's not like I'm in the dark about money. Mm. You share exactly what's going on. Absolutely. I, I, I help with the budgeting. We have budgeting I, meetings. We have budgeting meetings. I generally look after a lot of the direct debits mm -hmm. and making sure that we yep, get the best offers and deals. Yep. But as far as the management on what's left, I don't get involved because 
I'm not good at that. I don't really... We play to each other's strengths, right? And I think we're very honest with money. Like, maybe we are very much the mindset, it's joint accounts we have. It's not, you've got separate money, I've got separate money. We live off my day job and my side hustles. So, and we've lived like that the whole of our marriage. It's never been your money's your money, my money's my money. It's a joint effort. It's a teamwork here. And that would be, I think, one of the strong points. It wasn't you had to pay off the day it was your responsibility it was right how can we attack this together yeah. and make things better and it's been like that since as you said the very Absolutely. start and it's been like that after the debt was cleared yep. when i was in corporate and i was the higher earner yep. it's only by it's, slightly amount <laughs> but it's but it's always been the case yeah. Yeah. regardless of who's working who's not working and how much is being brought in house and i think you've touched upon some really key topics there the lack mindset but then the triggering for you it's almost been like you felt you weren't worthy to have money like when the money would come in it felt uncomfortable for you you didn't know what to do with it and also there was the excitement of you felt lack up till now but then you could feel the abundance for that moment because that's often that is the key state we should aim for is realizing how much we do actually have and money should then just be for these extra experiences and things that we want to bring into our life. It shouldn't be that we feel we're lacking in our current situation because we can actually change the way we feel about money very quickly, if not instantaneously, by using a different viewpoint on things. And that really brings me on to the next key habit for success. And that would be spending in a different way. And really, it's to do with saving and investing. So people think saving is very different from spending. You know, we've got this idea that spending is bad, but saving is good. Um, saving money or investing money, whichever way you think about it, you're spending for a, a time period in the future effectively. So spending, traditional spending on your bills, on your food, on your petrol, whatever, that's spending right now. When we save in a bank account or you invest your money, you're spending in your future. You want to create either an income in the future or you want to put it by to do something, make a purchase in the future. And so these habits are really all tied down to, again, whether or not you think you're worthy of that. So very much the mindset, people like to stay in the now. They think about only what they've got now. So perhaps your focus is purely on spending right now, whereas actually you want to also be increasing your wealth in the future. And you can do that by putting a small portion of your money every single month into savings and also investing. And it really is that great balance because then it allows you to actually do far more things with your money. And then with investing in particular, which I'm so passionate about, you can actually multiply your money. I kind of think of it as this wealth machine you're creating. So you're spending, you're reducing the amount of money you're spending so that then hopefully you can save more, that you invest more. And then with investments, particularly the stock market or investing in yourself, you then put like gasoline on this fire that you can really intensify the amount of money that you will then create for yourself down the line, your long-term future. And that's really when you start to build those two main habits of spending, if you like, in certain ways, you then just open up wealth opportunities in your life so saving and investing we've got them under the same thing yep. they're technically two different things but ultimately you're right it's putting your money away for another day exactly now there's a definitely a hierarchy of what you can do with your money as far as saving it and putting it by um probably the least favorable thing to do is to take the pound notes out of the bank and <laughs> stick them under your mattress, mattress. <laughs> or hide them in a picture frame yeah please don't do that leaving it in a current account is it's okay 
it's okay. Well, it's depreciating it's, money. It's actually. safe, yeah. but it's not generating anything for you. Mm-hmm. And if you put it in a savings account, what the banks class as a savings account, very low interest rates at the moment, right? That's not really much better than putting it under your mattress. Exactly, inflation so, will kill it. Yep. So if the things that the banks generally offer as savings and whatever accounts yep. are pretty pointless as far as your money it growing and increasing over the course yep. of time. What do we do? What's the next level up from yeah. that? The next level is good old investing. So I obviously love to teach people about investing in the stock market as one way. So it's completely passive if you do it correctly. Passive being that you don't exchange your time for money for a future income. But the stock market's quite daunting and oh, intimidating. Yep. And that sounds quite high level. Well, not necessarily. I think you've got to break down those barriers. So this is why it is a critical habit to actually get into. So for example, if you're paying into a company pension or you've got a private pension anyway, or even if you're thinking about a state pension in a way, but we'll get there down the line. But a private pension, if your employer's got that, you're an investor already. They will be investing in the stock market and bonds and various things to give you a guaranteed income in the future. Now, if you're relying on the state pension, you're kind of investing because you're hoping that the government will get enough tax from everyone else you're investing in that part of the system so that you can then withdraw it at a later date but ultimately you have to realize that the stock market is there it's a way of investing in other people so not only just yourself but other companies are then asking for you to give them your money for a small amount of time or a long amount of time but then they'll reward you for actually investing in them actually backing their company or commodity so a lot of people will think when you're looking at stock market it's around shares and buying shares in a company when in actual fact I think what we're more talking about especially when you're looking at lower risk Mm -hmm. is basically putting your money onto the stock market as a whole Yep, but it's called index fund trackers. If you do it right, you're actually tracking so many companies with one purchase. That's how you reduce the risk. Now, obviously, it goes without question, your capital is at risk if you invest in the stock market because it's real companies. Companies go down, companies go up as well. But essentially, there's ways that you can buy into hundreds, if not thousands of companies with just one stock purchase. So they're called index fund trackers. And we can do a whole podcast episode on stock market basics, absolutely. And what we do as part of our private wealth growing process is actually invest in those index fund trackers. We invest in the stock market in particular, the UK, the US, some Japan, some developed world countries. We blend it all together to give us growth on our money, that that lighter fluid, that interest rate, that growth that's far beats the bank account normally. So putting it in simple terms, Rather than putting your money onto a single horse on a horse race, exactly. Back instead, <laughs> instead, this is you just saying there will be a race. Yes. <laughs> and you will get a return on the fact that there was a race. You're betting on the entire thing happening. Yep. And therefore, it's a given, especially if you look at it as a very long-term investment. Absolutely. It absolutely is long-term. Like I always say two things that matter in the stock market is the day that you buy, when you buy your fund, and then the day, day that you sell. And that's the whole kind of guess that you're making. Basically, the day you buy is going to be cheaper than the day you actually want to sell it back to someone. So the longer you leave, 
believe that naturally the world's economy should pick up and grow. Now, obviously, right now, we've just faced in March 2020, a little couple of months ago, there was quite a dip in the stock market because of what was happening. But now, actually, as we're recording it in June 2020, those three short months, we've almost picked up again to the same point we were before. That's how quickly things can change. You can get those rises and those falls. And again, it's all about knowing that there's cycles Generally, everything consistently keeps increasing if you look at it over the broad scale. So that's why if you're wanting to invest, you have to be investing regularly, but also long term. There's no get rich quick schemes in the stock market. You always end up losing something, either your dignity or your money. So when we've looked at those first two points, the spending and then the saving slash investing. Yep. There's another point that we're going to talk about now, yes. which I think that most it completes the picture. It completes the picture, but I think that most people don't really have it as I part know. of their view of money yep. and what they should be doing with it. I know, and that habit that you and I are very passionate about is giving. Now, we've touched upon this in a couple of episodes as well. It's something that I um, instruct people to add into their budgets through my money stacks method, which is a budgeting method. But essentially, I believe the final piece, the final habit that drives your success hugely is when you learn to give consistently with your money. Now, I don't dictate that you have to give a certain percentage or a certain amount I just believe that when you give you then open yourself up to receive back so not only just saying right I'm sending this out into the world to things that I believe in or to people that I want to support but I know that that money in some form could come back to me even multiplied or even I know that that goodness I'm putting out into the world will then lead on to that ripple effect so it's very much about appreciating what you have and then going do you know what I'm going to really drive this abundance mindset take away the the natural default of lack so when normally people think about their own money sometimes we get stuck and we think this is all mine it can't go anywhere else and the only way to break that mindset is to actively give some of it away and say to yourself well look I can survive just fine by doing that extra thing that's difficult for me it's a real challenge to move to a mindset of yeah, how giving did you, away. We've obviously embraced it and seen the great success, but it's not its not easy the first time you do it at all. It's but not you do easy. see the blessings. And also, we haven't been doing this for our entire time together. No. It's something that we've done in the more recent years. Yep. And at first, it feels weird. You're giving money out the door and you're thinking to yourself, well, I could do with this, I could do with it for spending, or I could You become bump, attached to I it. could bump up the savings, the money's been earned by us. So sending it out the door doesn't feel like the most natural thing to be doing. And it is that kind of mindset it's of It's the lack, it's, it's holding on to it's it. It's mine, it? I want to hold on to it. Other people will give money to these charities mm. or organizations or whatever else. And it's my money. I don't want to give it away. It almost feels like you've done the work and got the money and you're getting nothing back for it but the problem is when you keep that mindset unfortunately it keeps magnifying so the more that you don't give away your money or you know you keep tightly onto it you maybe don't want to invest because you're frightened you're going to lose it you can feel the energy around money change it's very much negative I've got to hold on I've got to struggle and you don't want to be struggling with money you want to be in that place where you feel like you can afford things that will deepen your experiences with life you can give to others all these great 
things you, you see yourself doing with money ultimately the best version of you you would be giving to others probably you would be giving to charities think about Bill Gates Warren Buffett these men live on about one percent of their income and give away 99 percent because they feel so much that giving back means more than the money they have they got to those great wealthy statuses because of their hard work their talents but also because their attitude a lot of the time with money they didn't hold back and so for me it's just that nice completed picture and it's very old school you know you don't need to go very far to find it in many religious texts or very you know old school Greek philosophy it was right there that they gave back I think it was 10% to the teachers the philosophers of their day so right the way back you can see this instilling of we give a portion back to where we've got help from or we can make a difference and the giving piece, ultimately, as you mentioned, it changes your relationship with mm, money. Mm. It means that rather than holding on to it, trying to account for every penny or whatever else. It's a freedom format. That's the best way yeah, to describe it, right? You, you feel a lot freer from the hold of money, from the grasp it seems to have around you and from the stresses and strains it can bring. Mm. What you end up doing is actually you feel a bit of a release from it. Mm, mm. And it also, I it's think... It's been fun giving it away. It's, it? it's fun giving it away, but also I think it makes you better at all of the other elements yep. of money. Yep. It makes you more comfortable with making choices with your spending. Absolutely. Um, whether you want to spend more or less, it makes you more comfortable with putting money into savings, yep. knowing that generally it's going to be more of a long-term thing but it can sit there and also then you're not watching what the money's up to each and every day especially if the stock market crashes on a random day you well, don't say crash it just might dip slightly <laughs> well if it dips and suddenly your 100 pounds is suddenly worth 85 pounds yep, that can be a big drama for a lot mm. of people but actually when you start to give as well you seem to have this little bit of detachment from things. Yeah, that's a good and, way to put it. And the detachment is a really, really positive thing. Mm, I think you, so You're too. just much more comfortable with money in your life and your relationship is significantly better for it. Well, what I will share is since, you know, you left the corporate world last year, as we've talked about, because of the way my job was going and also Mama Fur for all our little side projects allowed life to be like that. We made that choice. We took a cut of about 50% of our household income, but it was the right one. We weren't basing it on purely income for the house. It was what was best for us. And since we have consistently given away a portion of our money every single month, I have to tell you, our bank accounts have never felt healthier. Our investments, even when we had the dip, they've recovered. We seem to, uh, there never seems to be a month where I'm, I'm struggling to think about where is money coming from. We always seem to have enough and then some. And it's a, and it's a lovely thing every month to sit down and feel inspiration of where it should go. We don't say to ourselves that it must go a certain place every single month. We're very open. We've got different views on lots of different things. And often you'll feel inspired where it should go. I'll feel inspired we might hear the kids talk about something and it's it's really been an element almost every paycheck I put aside the money and I don't look at it I don't look at the size it doesn't matter it's whatever percentage that we, we've said we're going to give away it's a set amount based on the percentage so therefore when it comes along I know we don't touch it and I almost want to send it out the door to see then what life will bring I still struggle a little bit with that not the sending of the money is it the size maybe it's if a, if a piece of money is significant for you, 
and you're sending it out the door, it almost needs to feel like it's worthy of I getting know, that money. Being, yeah, and, I'm a bit more detached from it, I suppose. And so therefore, I still need a little bit more maturity, I think, in that area to mm. be able to just give it away readily and not overanalyze. We'll I think that part of me is that I overanalyze a lot of things <laughs> in the right way. Yeah. Whether I'm setting up for any technology products or anything, I do like to research. Head of tech volunteer. Head of tech volunteering. <laughs> I do like to make sure that I'm getting the best value from the money I'm spending and getting the best results yep. and therefore I think applying that mindset to the charity piece is something that I'm naturally doing but also there. it's it's an area to grow and, and make it feel like it's not a kind of project investment mm. piece but it's just it's just there to just go out of the door to wherever feels right at the time mm. and right at the time doesn't need to be the most deserving or the most no. right or the one that requires the most at that time yep. it can just be a you random cause that that needs some help. And in the past, we've given to local charities. We've given to um, charities that other people have mentioned to us that we might never have heard of. Um, it can be, and it can't. It's not just only charities. We also have given to people. So there's a multitude of different boxes that we we just feel it's a, a peaceful sensation we have. Um, and as I said, I really stress. I don't believe anyone should dictate how much of a percentage you have to give away. I think it's very good to go and do your own research to what feels right. If it needs to be as you work on that habit, perhaps only £5 or £10, I think that's fantastic till you build up the habit. And then get comfortable with the amount that you feel is right as you work on your you know, future career with money and how you'd like to handle things. I would say the more you can manage the easier it is to become that little bit more detached from money. Don't give all obstacle. your money away, though. Doesn't Do mean, good things. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't give it all away. And obviously, if you can only afford a small amount, it's it will still be a decent amount of what you have remaining. Absolutely. And you're also still doing good with it. So that's the whole point. It's You're sending it out with the aspiration that your money can do further good. It's placed you. It's helped you with your life. So you're sending something out that could help someone else. Or And again, don't let it be determined what you give your money to. Don't think it's only charities or people. Some people might encourage you based on your spiritual element. You might want to give back. Somebody's inspired you or really touched um, part of you that's made a difference that month that's okay as well so be open to all avenues and don't let anyone dictate how you should give money away so as i say these three main money habits we really believe have changed our own path with money and i really believe if you focus on developing your muscles with them how strong you feel with them they can really make a huge difference and i really encourage you from this month forward when you get your new paycheck if you you find yourself struggling a lot of these habits work Working on them will actually change the way you view money long term. So just give maybe one or two viewpoints a different way of doing things with your money. Give them a go and you never know what you can achieve. So before we wrap this up, we've got a few other projects that we have between us. Have so, we? <laughs> yeah. So what is it you do? What is it I do? Um, are you talking about Mama for our YouTube channel? So you can find me over there. We've got that. Yeah, that sounds quite good. What do you do there? <laughs> I talk about money, investing, personal finance and success with money. So yeah, I'm on YouTube, Mama Furfur, you can find me there. And then off the back of that, we've got a second YouTube channel, would you believe? It's called The Kempson House. It's all about the backstage, if you want to call it backstage, the back life of um, our home. So we have tech reviews, we have meal plans, we have, we just did a video about YouTube as well last week. You can go and watch. So basically it's, it's kind of the general life 
life of us with our two boys, two cats, living in Glasgow and all the fun that that brings. And we've got this podcast too. We've got this podcast, Prosperity Project, which is doing really fun things. Excited to see where it'll go. Um, and you can also pick up my booking courses. So huge amount of stuff that we'd love for you to engage with us and feel free to actually look at our other content and feel inspired. So, but thank you for your listen today. We really appreciate your support of the Prosperity Project. As with everything, we would especially love if you would use whatever medium you're listening to us and give us a five-star rating. That helps somebody else perhaps pick up this podcast and get help with their money their health their wealth everything the full package about prosperity it's our hope that we help change some people's lives with different viewpoints on habits and mindset that can make a difference to your overall lifestyle so as always if you do fancy dropping us a comment or a suggestion of a topic that we can cover you can email us at prosperityproject@mamafurfur.com, and we would love if you would join us next week for episode six Wow. Seven. Seven. <laughs> seven. This is episode six. It's episode seven. Oh, We're wow. flying through. <laughs> We'd love if you join us for episode seven. And why not listen to the previous six? No, this is number six. Why not listen to the previous five and number six? You can listen again. <laughs> it's been really lovely. And please do binge listen to the rest of our episodes. And also we might talk about counting and mathematics in one of the future. <laughs> that might not be my strong point, but thank you very much for your listening. And we'll speak to you very soon. <laughs>